What is going on, everybody? It's Will Finn. It's been way, way too long with another Tailgoats podcast. We're kicking off the third season, the first episode after a long sabbatical from the podcast, which is a relatively slow summer in sports. Golden State winning the NBA title. Mark winning the NHL jersey, the, the Tailgoats NHL challenge for the jersey he picked. Correctly picked the Avalanche to win over the Lightning in the NHL Stanley Cup championship. And that was just, that was unbelievable that he predicted that before the season. He's going to take home the jersey. Still hasn't got me the jersey, um, which is relatively disappointing given that I told him, hey, you won. You won fair and square. And he's now kind of won two of the contests. Only one of them he got the prize for. That's okay. Um, we're back. Long summer. Um, between hearing from us, super busy. We had a baby. Grayson George is here, third child. The baseball team kind of took over the whole summer. The baseball team I run, the then Firehouse Indians, now the Indians in the Strongsville AAA Wooden Bat League, also known as Cuyahoga County Class A Baseball. It's 18 up Wooden Bat. And uh, after seven years in the making, we not only won the elimination tournament for the second time, but the first time we won in 2020, the the regionals were canceled. So the bid that we would have earned uh, was no good because there was no regional tournament. We ended up choking in 2021. But this year, we got the first bid, winning the elimination tournament again. And we went to uh, the Youngstown Regional, which, which wrapped up this weekend. Unfortunately, we lost the first game, 14 bracket, double elimination. We lost the first game, so you had to win all the way back and beat the the team that was in the championship twice. And uh, just a little bit too uh, too little too late. We ended, we lost Thursday, had to come back, play Friday night, went extra innings. The game ended at 1, 1 a.m., and we won. He had to come back at Saturday, play at noon. Once again, went to extra innings, and we won. And then um, in the championship game, we we fell. We were runner-up in the region, which was totally cool, but um, kind of left us feeling like we wanted more just because um, I feel like we were so close. We were a couple pitchers away. Never can have too much pitching, uh, as the saying goes. And the Cleveland Guardians and Indians have had a lot of that over the years, and you've seen how far that goes. However... Podcast is back. The podcast is back in a big way because a lot of people have been asking us, well, when, when are you going to do something? When When's the next episode coming out? And I think a lot of people um, don't realize how much work, um, when we're putting out the podcast on a week-to-week basis, how much work really goes into it. And this is, um, you know, to Andy's credit and Mark Mark Serzik's credit, they there was a lot of work. And when I told them, hey, you know, we're putting out another podcast once the Deshaun Watson um, decision comes down. I said, hey, are you guys going to be able to come? And they still aren't ready to come back. Um, and I think we're going to be doing something here maybe every two weeks till the football season. Then once the football season's back in swing, that's the when the majority of our content's put out with the 
the gambling and the picks going on Twitter. College football, NBA will be back. Major League Baseball will be in the playoffs. It's really the meat and bones of the whole entire sports year. Really starts in uh, you know with football going into the Major League Baseball playoffs. Hockey, we're going to take hockey a little bit more seriously this year just because Andy just absolutely crushed the NHL playoffs this year. And that should take us all the way into March Madness next year. Um, The basement down here, the goat's pen, the the studio is complete now. We just, everybody's been making fun of me. The TV still have to go up, but everything else is done so we can finally have guests down here and not look like a disaster zone. Um, So we're super excited about that. Anyways... Let's get into it and get after it. And it's just me today. So I wanted to wait until the Deshaun Watson decision came down to put out a podcast and kind of give you a little bit of background of what exactly was going on. We kicked the show off with the Sue Robinson bit. And she was a she's a retired Delaware, uh, Delaware, sorry, federal court judge, and she was hired as the league's disciplinary officer earlier this year by the NFL and the NFLPA. So basically, it was her job to independently discover what was fact and what was fiction, and apply it to the league's conduct policy, in which is agreed upon between the NFLPA, the owners, they all have to come up with what is, you know, right for the, what the right way for the place that players to act when it pertains to this conduct policy. And basically the reason why this was brought forth is that Sean Watson had been accused of all these disgusting things and the NFL wanted to get to the bottom of it. And then, Houston Texans decided to settle nearly all the cases with all the women. And in the meantime, since you've heard from us, Deshaun Watson had settled with nearly every girl, every woman, every, every one of the accusers, every one of the victims, whatever you want to call them. I don't want to get into that on this show. There's no, there's no place for me to do the, he said, she said stuff on this show. I'm not doing any favors. One side will side with Deshaun Watson and say, you know, he didn't do anything wrong. And the other side will say what he's did is absolutely disgusting. There's there's no benefit for me to talk about that. What I'd rather talk about is the fact that they laid down this six-game suspension. And what I really wanted to get into was kind of the history of the bigger suspensions in the NFL. And I went back and I did some research and I came up with about, uh, let's see, 10. Now I got 12 here. 12 suspensions. And I'm going to rattle these off relatively quick. I don't want to dwell on them too long. Some of the long, well, This is going to go in order of longest to shortest suspensions. I think that's the way I have them here. Mike Vick. 2007, he was laid with a indefinite suspension, which ended up being two years. And he spent 18 months in prison for this dog fighting ring. It was absolutely terrible. I don't know if it was a part of the culture or his friends or there's an ESPN 30 for 30 on it. If you really want to get into the disgusting nature of what he did, he received two years. 
for essentially what was animal cruelty. No human beings involved whatsoever. Adam Pacman Jones, he got a season. Multiple fights, strip club shooting. What do you, I mean, I, I'll never understand NFL players going into bars, strip clubs with a loaded firearm. Can someone tweet at me, DM me, explain to me, besides citing the Second Amendment, what do you what do you need to go to a strip club for with a gun? Anyways, Calvin Ridley, that's the big one. This is the big one that everybody's talking about because of the effect that it has on the integrity of the game. Calvin Ridley was laying some money down on parlays, allegedly, on NFL games. We know how far Pete Rose got with that. He had a lifetime ban, separated from the game forever. Pete Rose bet on games that he was involved in. Make no mistake, that happened. Whether or not it was for a team to win or lose remains to be seen. Dante Stallworth, one season, drunk driving, killed the guy. Ray Rice, 12 games. Now we're under a season here. 12 games. He he knocked his fiance out. He never signed with anybody else. Speaking of, did they ever get married? I mean, there were suitors for him, but I don't know if that relationship ever lasted. He knocked his fiance out. Caught. 12 games. He was violent. This is another thing they keep bringing up with Deshaun Watson. The violent nature. They couldn't find anything that was violent of nature. They couldn't find anything that was coercion or force. That's not me saying that it didn't happen. That's me saying that they don't know if it really happened or not. This brings me down to the section I found a bunch of six games. Josh Brown, he beat his wife. They gave him six games. Adrian Peterson beat his son six games. Miles Garrett, he beat Mason Rudolph over the head with his helmet six games. DeAndre Hopkins this past year, six games. PEDs. Ezekiel Elliott, there was no no charge. Accused of assaulting his ex-girlfriend five times at OSU. Six games. Okay. How about a couple of the famous four gamers? Deflategate, Tom Brady, four games. Couldn't prove he did it, but they proved that he had some involvement in it. In the poster child of the NFL, he got four games. Ben Roethlisberger, four games. Was accused of sexual assault. And think about, you know, the, the, the thing that irks me a little bit is that the comparisons have been made between the two. Oh, we've been given Ben Roethlisberger hell for over a decade. 
go talk to Pittsburgh Steeler fans and ask them if they really cared. You want a Super Bowl? They really didn't care. They sold out games. Same stuff's happening in Cleveland. People saying, oh, I'm going to give out my season tickets. Go for it. The last I checked, nobody's holding a gun to your head to go to these games. Doesn't happen. So that's the history of the suspensions. I thought that was kind of interesting, and it was one of the things I wanted to talk about given that I was going to be here by myself, and I felt like I could talk about it relatively easily. How about Sue Watson? Sue Robinson, not Sue Watson. (laughs) Sue Robinson. The NFL lawyers accused Watson of using his NFL his status as an NFL player as a pretext to engage in a premeditated pattern of predatory behavior towards multiple women during his time with the Houston Texans. They said that Deshaun identified himself from the the beginning as a quarterback in the NFL in Instagram inquiry for a massage. He said they were urgent, wanting to schedule it that day. He was not looking for a professional setting, and he would ask if it would be private. He actually didn't care if the women were experienced massage therapists or even licensed. That's probably the, the biggest issue. The urgency and, I mean, don't you think, I mean, he should have really got, like, massage therapists that were licensed. Given that he's a professional athlete, sounds like he really care. Says he asked therapists if they're com- comfortable massaging certain areas of his body, including his lower back, glutes, abs, and groin. His That was his focal, focal point. He requests that therapists use a towel that covers private parts rather than a sheet that's usually used. Here's the problem. The NFL accused Deshaun Watson of violating three areas of the personal conduct policy. Number one, sexual assault. Number two, conduct that poses a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person. Number three, conduct that undermines or puts at risk the integrity of the NFL. You know, I don't really know number three there. I, I These guys... I mean, if you're if you're asking me and willing wanting me to bet my bottom dollar, I mean, a lot of these guys do this. Probably not to the extent of what Watson was doing. Does it make it right? No. Was the was there conduct that posed a genuine danger to the safety and well being of another person? Probably not. No. The NFL defines sexual assault as unwanted sexual contact with another person. Once again, they couldn't. The problem was the NFL had to prove 
that he tried doing something and he did so for a sexual purpose and that such contact was unwanted and they couldn't prove any of that. So basically the NFL, the, Sue Robinson came out and did the, the six games because they felt like they, they had to do something. Now remember, if she, I thought there was a chance that there was going to be zero games. And with zero games, that meant that Roger Goodell couldn't do anything. Now Roger Goodell has three days to appeal. The NFLPA has three days to appeal. Dean Jimmy Haslam came out and said, throughout this process, Deshaun and his representatives have abided by nearly the newly created and agreed upon process for the NFLPA and the NFL to defer to the objective Judge Sue L. Robinson to comprehensively review all information and make a fair decision. We respect Judge Robinson's decision and at the same time empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout the process. I can't believe they said triggered. That's such a buzzword right now, but if concluded with saying, we know Deshaun is remorseful that the situation has caused much heartache to many and he will continue the work needed to show who he is on off the field and we will continue to support him. The NFL PA seem to agree and they are urging the NFL and Roger Goodell not to appeal, which uh, Roger Goodell has three days to do whatever he wants. If you know anything about the <laughs> Roger Goodell, Roger's going to do whatever he wants. All right, let's wrap this one up. Let's let's wrap this up. I don't want to be. I I really didn't want to do this one on my own, but it was likely more um, appropriate given that you know I I think a lot of people just don't want to talk about this anymore and they want it to go away and it was never going to go away. It really is not. You're you're going to have to deal with this in every stadium from here on out. I, I, there, I, there's going to be fans that disagree and agree with the decision, but how does this affect the 2022-2023 Cleveland Browns? Six games. Everybody's excited because the seventh game he comes back is the, the Halloween game. At Carolina. We're going to be able to beat Baker with Jacoby Brissett. They were 5-12 last year. They weren't very good. Baker's had a rough preseason. A lot of people penciling this one as a win. It's on the road still. I think our defense is good enough. New York Jets home opener, Jacoby Brissett. Once, you're taking on two, uh, and the NFC, Carolina was fourth in the NFC South. The Jets were fourth in the AFC East. I think they can win both those games. The short week, Pittsburgh Thursday night football home game. I, I'd hate to lose that, but I don't know. I think it's kind of preposterous of me just saying, oh, you know what? They don't have them for three games. They're starting the year 3-0. and Well, hell, if you start the year 3-0 and with Jacoby Brissett, are you ready to just hand the team back over to Sean Watson in three more weeks? We played the schedule game. We, we had this 
these three as wins. On the road, Atlanta at 7-10. Third to NFC South last year. Two tough ones. Chargers coming to Cleveland. The Patriots coming to Cleveland. We both I had those as losses with or without Watson. And then on the road at Baltimore. That's the first week that he will be back is that road game at Baltimore. First home game potentially is the Monday Night Football game versus the Bengals. They go 3-3. and Okay, that leaves 11 games left. That's a huge chunk of the schedule. Huge. You get a bye week. On the road at Miami. On the road at Buffalo. Home versus Tampa Bay. On the road at Houston. Cake. On the road at Cincinnati. Baltimore at home. New Orleans at home. On the road at Washington. On the road at Pittsburgh. Guys, this could be an interesting season. I don't... I'd have to look it up right now if they updated the... um, over under for the Browns. I've seen everything between nine and ten and a half this year. I think the sweet spot is probably ten. I got in on a future today. I took two and a half units on the Browns to win the AFC North. At three to one, plus three hundred. Both both the Bengals and Ravens had better odds. Um, I liked the value there, so I, I liked plus three hundred. I really liked it. Let's see here if they updated it. No, they they don't have it here on the one book for the the Browns. Let me check my other one real quick. Like I said, what I wonder what you guys think. What where's the sweet spot for? This season, do they have to get to 11 wins to make the playoffs? This book doesn't have it either. Interesting. Maybe they're waiting till it's like official official. I don't know. Oh, well. What's some other good stuff here? Most passing touchdowns. Justin Herbert plus 500. Josh Allen plus 550. Tom Brady plus 600. That's great value. Patrick Mahomes plus 830. Right now, the favorite to win the MVP is Josh Allen. Plus, you get 7-1. Most rushing touchdowns. You want to have some fun with that? If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, Nick Chubb plus one thousand twenty-five, ten, you got a little bit over ten to one. Jonathan Taylor plus four sixty. Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb are the top five. That's some stuff we need to tackle here. We really need to tackle that stuff on the show. It's fun. Future of the podcast, we're going to get heavy into football gambling. We're going to get some NCAA college conference previews. We're just going to be assigned a uh, conference this year. 
And then before you know it, uh, we'll be on Thursday Night Football getting all of our picks out on Twitter. I think we should post them probably on Instagram too this year. Build up the Instagram following. Everything's at Tailgoats. We had a lot of fun last year. A lot of fun. And this this year's going to be good. I'm very excited to see the future of the podcast. We're talking about maybe a fantasy football, maybe a Survivor League. We will get all that information out as soon as possible. If you guys want us to put anything on, if you have any ideas, hit us up on Instagram in the DMs at Tailgoats. Take it from here, Mr. Scott Hall. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.